Welcome to In Between Breaths, the podcast where we go deep into relationships, family, romantic, friends, and most importantly, the relationship with yourself. This is podcast episode five, Unconventional Choices. So what are unconventional choices? Well, let's start out with what's conventional. For us, we decided that a conventional choice would be to grow up, go to college, get married, basically have 2.5 children, a house with a, and Alana wanted to stress this, a white picket fence. Yes. And I like the idea of having a golden retriever. These choices can actually help you grow as a human if you decide to actually think about whether you want these 2.5 children, a house with a white picket fence, a golden retriever, in the fact that is this what's going to make you most happy? And we both personally love this topic because myself, especially because I feel like I've been making unconventional choices my entire life and not because I want to, but simply because it's almost like I have no choice to make these unconventional choices. And it's funny that I'm saying that out loud because it's a choice and it is a choice. I could have gone the path where I got that golden retriever. I'm not a dog person. I know lots of people are, but I'm just not. I don't have any dogs. I'm not even necessarily a pet person, but I do have a cat and not necessarily he, to the choices of my own. But even your cat is unconventional. Even my cat is unconventional. Yes, this is this is 100 percent true. Everything about my life is basically unconventional. So I love this topic. I can't wait to get into it. Um, Alana has some unconventional choices in her life um, that she wants to talk about. Um, so let's just get into it. So, uh you know, growing up, I think every little girl thinks about or dreams of the wedding that they're going to have and picks out names for their kids. And, you know, when I was a little girl, I did that too. But as I, you know, I got older and, uh, you know, I even got into a relationship in which I was engaged to be married. I wondered if I was doing this because it was something that I really wanted for myself or if I was doing it because that's just what you do. You know, you meet someone, you fall in love, you get married, you have children. I'm and curious, what was the answer to that? What? What was the yeah. answer? What were you just doing it because that's what you do? Yeah, I was. Um because that's what all my friends were doing at the time. And I figured that that's what I should do. And I also felt that that was what was expected of me from my parents. Once so I got I, the uh, engagement in invitation, um, I was expecting you to get married. Just so you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So that was the other thing too. The ball started rolling downhill so fast, like engagement party, and I was like, oh boy, I guess I'm like really doing this now. And um, funny fact, I actually moved out of the home that we shared together the day after the engagement party. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell, I want, I want the juicy details. 
I think that, um, you know, the, first of all, the engagement party was big and it made it all real for me. It made me realize that like, this is really happening. And, and if I don't stop it, I'm going to be married. And, you know, once you get married, that just opens up a whole other can of worms and it would have been much more difficult to dissolve that relationship and costly and whatever else. And I really, the thought of actually getting married just scared me to death and I, I couldn't do it. I absolutely could not do it. And I mean, it, you know, it was that compiled with the relationship wasn't that great either. And it was just like, I can't do this. And I, at that point, I didn't care what anyone else thought. I didn't care what anyone else wanted for me, what anyone else thought I should do. I just knew that that wasn't right for me. So I just left. I left, I walked away from it and it took me a while to, you know, unpack it and think about it. And I realized it wasn't just that relationship. That's just not what I wanted, you know, I getting married in a white dress was not something that was important to me. Gotcha. And I want to highlight a few things right here. I want to highlight the fact that you decided to get engaged. And then Mm -hmm. when it got in your head and you started realizing what this all meant, you decided to do what your heart really wanted to do rather than just kind of go down that road and then maybe live an unhappy life or do something that you didn't want to do. This is what making unconventional choices for me is all about. It's about realizing that, yeah, I can make this choice or maybe I can make a braver one. Not to say that if you make a choice to live a conventional life, that that's not brave too, but it's really brave to know that you maybe want something different than what's conventional. And a lot of people, they don't, they don't make that either. They don't make that choice. They're not aware that they, their, their heart wants to make that choice, or they just feel so pressured that, you know, years down the line, they just have all these regrets about what they didn't do in life. Right. Or what they did do in life. Yeah, exactly. And that's what making unconventional choices are all about. And I'm so glad that you used this example because I think there's a lot of people that get into relationships and they're like, well, I've been doing this, you know, this is the status quo and we got to keep going. And, or instead of maybe thinking, oh, maybe this relationship isn't right. Right. Maybe we're going down two different paths. Maybe we're not right for each other. Just because my dad loves this guy doesn't mean that he's the right guy for me. Yeah. Like at that point in our relationship, it was literally what we believed and what everyone else around us believed to be the, the next logical step. We had been together for a while. Like we were literally on and off since high school and we were now in our early twenties. So it was like, well, duh, this is what we do now. You know, we were, we were young adults starting our lives and that's what you do, you know, 
with my little air quotes, that's what you do with someone to start your life together. You get married. And I I knew making this, the decision not to get married was going to lead to a lot of uncomfortable conversations. um, A lot of sideways looks, but the thought of going through with it was a lot worse for me. So, you know, I was willing to go to a bunch of my friends' weddings by myself and deal with that as opposed to enter into a marriage that I didn't want. And I want to ask when you were, when you were doing these things like going to weddings by yourself, were you questioning that, oh, did I make the right choice? Because I think that's what a lot of people go through when they make an unconventional choice. Definitely. And there were, there were times when I didn't, like, I wouldn't, you know, tell people what the actual situation was because what did you, what did you tell them? You just tell them my, my boyfriend's dead. I just kind of was evasive. Like, Oh, he's not here. You know, like things like that. He's working the night shift tonight. Exactly. You know, he's working the drive-through at Wendy's they're open late. So Hmm. it was, I was, even I think, though I, I was confident in my decision, I was not confident in what the what I was going to get from other people. I wasn't sure I could handle that yet. Hmm. So I just I didn't discuss it. And also, I, I firmly believe I've always firmly believed this. It's it's really nobody else's business, but it's and it's not, you know, just when you meet people that's what you talk about because at different points in your life, you associate with different things. And at that point in my life, people were getting married and having children. So they were wondering if I was doing the same thing. Yeah. So, and I think that's the, I think that's the hardest part about making unconventional choices when you're examining your life and you're making those unconventional choices, other people are doing the status quo and you're like, well, what the hell is wrong with me? that I'm not doing the same thing, that I can't be happy doing that, or that, you know, I can't discuss this with that. It's like you lost your tribe. You lost yeah. the people that you associate with. And you're, you're like, these people are like, I can't, I couldn't possibly hold on to them because we don't, we don't have anything to discuss right now because right. they're doing their thing. I'm doing something different. And a lot of times making that unconventional choice can feel really lonely. Well, that's something else that I wanted to bring up is that one of the the most difficult things that people have to deal with when making these unconventional choices is the isolation that you feel. Because like I just alluded to, I felt like I had to be secretive about the choices that I was making. So like you said, I felt very alone because I didn't have anyone close to me that was doing what I was doing. And you know, from very early on, you don't want to be different. You don't want to do anything that makes you stick out. And it was overcoming that feeling of isolation was quite difficult. But as time went on and I realized that I had made the right decision, I was no longer felt the need to be secretive about it. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was reading this really interesting article about evolution and basically the fact that humans 
when, when they, they evolved, if you were sticking out, if you were doing something different, that was like, that, that was the evolutionary fail, basically. You, yeah. Back to when we had predators out there, you wanted to be just like everyone else. Cause if you stuck out, you were going to get grabbed by that lion and eat. So it's within us that it's that deep within us to want to conform and be just like everyone else. Right. And also if you're not doing everything else that the tribe is doing, then you're going against the tribe. Yep. And they're going to kick you out because you're not as useful if you're, if you're going against this, this whole evolutionary thing that like that humans are like, I need to conform or it's death. Right. And it's, I think it was really good for me to read that article because I want so badly sometimes to be normal, to be like everyone else to fit in. And I'm not a lot of times and it doesn't matter anymore. There's no, there, there doesn't need to necessarily be conformist anymore. And actually being, being unique in our society, being, bringing new things to the table, bringing this whole difference in who I am is actually very valuable in this day and age, because, Absolutely. you know, I mean, we need, we need people that are, that check things off the list for sure. And we need people that are like, yeah, I can't just check things off the list. I need to go create this or do that, or, you know, make a new way to check things off the list. Right. It's like that um, saying, it's like, um, just be you because everyone else is taken, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> that, that they would tell you in, as you were growing up, but it, you know, it still rings true in this situation. Yeah. You know, you have to be true to yourself and what you need and, you know, what your heart needs. Follow, you know, follow your heart. Follow your heart. <laughs> so for myself, even from a really young age, I knew I didn't want to have kids. I didn't want to get married. And it wasn't just the, you know, I'm a kid and I can't ever think about having kids or getting married. Ew, disgusting. Like, girls have cooties. Yeah. It was, it was more like in high school and early college that I, I came to these and I had actually thought out reasons for these. I had actually thought out the reasons instead of just like, oh, I'm going to be awesome forever. So um, what are these, uh, what kind of reasons did you come up with? Well, I knew really early on that there was just a lot of people in this world and that that just seems like there were too many. And you know, we have limited resources and I'm like, well, why do I have to be not that having kids is selfish, but I felt like for me, my job was to maybe be less selfish than I could be. That's not the right word. The right word is make a, an aware choice and decide that someone, some people just shouldn't have kids and so that other people can was that stressful for you feeling like it sounds like a huge weight to bear, you know, that you felt the need that like you see this large need in the world and, you know, cause a lot of people don't recognize things like that. Believe it or not, it actually was not stressful at all. It actually just felt right the entire time. And that's why it stayed with me. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm doing this for the world, whether they care or not doesn't matter. I feel right about this, that I'm, I'm going to do this. And nobody has to know that that's why I'm doing it. Right. 
because as long as you're okay with it, then that's all that matters. Right. And that's, I think that's the, the best part of making an unconventional choice is that it doesn't have to be right for anyone else. Nobody has to understand it. You don't have to like write a thesis on it. You just have to do it. <laughs> right. And, and as long as right you're not you. hurting anyone else, then it's good. Well, many times I felt like I was hurting my parents because they were like, when are we going to have grandchildren? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, you know what? I say it all the time. My sister took care of that for me. So, you know, same thing with you. Our parents got grandpa- got their grandchildren. So, you know, at least that burden for me has been lifted. Yeah, I still feel a little bit burdened by it because, you know, I don't know, they, they look at me and uh, I'm like, well, sorry. Right. It's not going to well, happen. And I also still feel that um, my father would like to see me married because I think that he wants me to be taken care of. And it's not like it's like this sexist thing. It's I'm his daughter. I'm his little girl. And he does, you know, he's going to worry for me regardless of what I do. I think that's an excellent point is that a lot of times when we do make unconventional choices and the people around us, they say, well, why are you doing that? It's not necessarily because they think you are wrong or that Mm -hmm. you're making a bad choice. They just really love you and they want to support you and they want to say, you know, why don't you try this? This might, this might be better off for you. They're just trying to love you in their way, I think. Exactly. So here's my list of unconventional choices. This is a short list. Um, so not getting married, which kind of goes along deal with not having kids, but for different reasons. Um, I've had so many different diets in my life. You know, <laughs> I, some you would, you would definitely think is crazy. Um, I decided to move across the country on like on a whim. We actually just picked a place on a map and went there. That's how I ended wait, up. In- wait, I'm going to have to stop you there. That's really how you decided to move across the country. Pretty much. Um, I did, I did go there for three months first to kind of hang out there, but right. I, you know, yeah, yeah. We picked a place. We, we saw it and we were like, this place looks really fun. And then we drove there. That's awesome. Okay, go ahead. Um, I took a job that offered generous PTO um, over taking a job with, uh, with more money, um, better pay. My ex and I, we started a travel blog together. I asked my boss to work remote forever before it was cool. Cat versus dog. I feel like a lot of people are dog owners and I personally have a cat. And as Alana mentioned before, I have an unconventional cat. I train, I train my cat to, uh, to walk with me and he does tricks and, you know, all, all that stuff. But, you know, as opposed to cat, cat or a dog, if I were to choose, I'd choose a cat. And I feel like that's a little unconventional. So yeah, those are my. So the, the choice that you made now, I can see a correlation because of my relationship with you, but so the choice that you made to take a, a, job with uh, more PTO. Now, did that have to do with the choice that you had made to start the travel blog? The travel blog stayed after, or I'm sorry, came after, but um, it definitely encouraged me to stay with the job. Um, Yeah, I I had the job first. I just, 
I wanted to be able to travel and I wanted to, to do things and I didn't want to be stressed out my entire life. I wanted to be able to go, go surf at any time. Well, not anytime I want to, but it, I wanted to have the time to surf. I wanted to have the time to go to different countries. I wanted to have the time to socialize with people. And at the time, yeah, alcohol was a bit important to me. So I wanted to have the time to drink too. So now your decisions to not get married, not have children, is that born out of um, these decisions that you've made to like, be, just because you enjoy traveling, you enjoy, you know, being able to do these things. Do you think that they had one had anything to do with the other? I think marriage for me was always, well, it's this piece of paper that says I'm with that person. Mm-hmm. And I just always wondered, would it be better to have a relationship where I chose to be with that person every day, rather than having a piece of paper that tied me to that person every day. Right. Right. Because you're with that person because you want to wholeheartedly want to be with that person. I wanted to be with someone I was in love with and still in love with. Mm -hmm. Not with them because you have to be with them. Not with them because I was like, well, your, your lawyer is going to take everything that I own and, See, I also think that because my parents are divorced and have been divorced a lot longer than they were ever together, I think that that it did color things differently for me, but it didn't mean that I didn't want to get married. Mm-hmm. It, um, it just meant to me that like I knew that if I was in a relationship or if it got to that point, a marriage that did, wasn't working for me, I knew that I could leave. And there, you know, there would be a life outside of that. But as I grew and I grew emotionally, I realized that that's not something that I need. I don't need a piece of paper, like you mentioned, to show how much I care about someone. You know, it's, it's not necessary. There are, and I'm also the type of person who I don't like roses on Valentine's Day. Like, if I were in a relationship and I got roses on Valentine's day, I would be upset because I feel like that's something that that's just what you do. You get someone roses on Valentine's day. Like they weren't being creative or they weren't, yes. like, they weren't really seeing you for you. Exactly. Like, see, I love that. I love Gerber daisies. Get me, get me a Gerber daisy and I'll be, you know, over the moon. I don't need you to spend $120 on a dozen roses on Valentine's day just because that's what Hallmark tells us we should do. What about, you know, someone, you know, was it, was it more than just flowers or was it, you know, that you did something for me that I I liked? Yeah. I want you to do something for me, Alana, as the person, the person that you know and love, you know, something special and particular to me or us, you know, I don't. And, like, I don't need you to do something on Valentine's day, like do something for me on, yeah. you know, on January 15th. That's that to me is, is more important. I don't need that just because everybody else does. For me too. I'm not a big fan of Valentine's day because if you're checking in once a year, then right. that's, that's, that's lame. Like anniversaries, Valentine's day. Sure. You know, to some people, if they're important, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you do stuff, but check in more often, check in more often. And, 
do something for this person more often, find out what they need today instead of waiting until January or February 14th. Sorry, Valentine's coming early for me. Um, (laughs) But that was, that, that was always my thought that, you know, if you're going to do something for someone, do it when they need it and just surprise them. You know, not that I'm like amazing at surprises, but I don't, I don't need to wait until someone, you know, a special day where you're supposed to do something. Yeah. Which so I, I can, I can say I still felt obligated for one reason or another to do that, but. Of course, of course. Now, out of the, you know, the decisions that you've made, was there any one or more than one that um, was like harder for you or more stressful, or maybe that um, you had to deal with? more than others? I mean, I feel like every single one of them, I mean, you could ask me about every single one and I've had to deal with these like my entire life. It's kind of why I wrote them because people ask me all the time, why didn't you have kids? Why didn't you get married? Why, why are you on this weird diet? I remember I was, I was a, I was a vegan way before people were vegans (laughs) and it was in college. And this guy, like I was also doing like, um, I was also drinking, um, what's kombucha. it called? Green, no, green juice. No, I didn't have kombucha by then. Or maybe they did. I actually made kombucha myself at that point. But it wasn't in college. It was after that. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but I was, yeah, I was drinking green juice before anybody knew. They're like, why? why? Like, cause, and I had to make it myself. And right. um, I remember this guy in my fraternity who just like basically called me a girl because I, <laughs> because I was a vegan and I I was like, I was, I just looked at him and I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't really care what you think of me. Honestly, I think you're a coward basically. And good for you. he he just sat there and he was mad. And I, I of course was hurt and mad, but you know, that, that's the thing when someone calls you out, especially in a way that's, that's hurtful. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's because they're afraid to make that choice. They're afraid to be that brave. Because whether I was a vegan or not doesn't make me any less male or more female or, or whatever. It doesn't, right. doesn't make me anything. It just makes me curious about things. I decided mm-hmm. to do it to see what it was about. And I ha- I've had so many other diets, some that you would be like, oh, that's disgusting. No, I didn't eat leeches or anything like that. But eh, snails. No, actually, I've never had snails. So, <laughs> but that's, um, I think that's a, so in my life, I've made a lot of unconventional choices and I still make unconventional choices. I do things like life coaching. I do, I've been doing things like meditation for a really long time before, again, it was cool and people knew what that was. I mean, I actually became a breathwork facilitator. If that helps you realize like what kind of stuff that I'm doing before people accept it. Most people, I, I say, yeah, I do breath work. And they're like, what the hell is that? They have no <laughs> clue what it is. And I explain to them why I do it. Because at one point in my life, it re- helped me release a lot of guilt and helped me heal something in my life. And I just want to share it with others. And then some people get it. Some people don't. It's kind of like what yoga was 15 years ago. Nobody, nobody really knew what it was. Maybe a little longer than that. So to me... Unconventional choices 
like that when you're not making unconventional choices because of what I call the Cinderella syndrome. And no, it's not, you know, me dressing up in Disney dresses. I know <laughs> it sounds like that, but it's actually, it's about believing that you're going to live up to a point and then live happily ever after once you get to this event. So you're going to try and wish this event into being. And then after that, when you get there, then you're finally going to be happy and that's it. Life is just going to go in a straight line. And I think we all get caught up in this. Even people that make unconventional choices, I've got caught up in. A recent example is when I went to buy a house, my first house, I thought, oh, I'm going to buy a house here because in Southern California, it's not easy to buy a house. It's pretty expensive. And then when I get it, I'm going to live in that house and live happily ever after, basically. And my ex is like, no, 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 no. That's not what you do. We go to the next house or we sell this house and then we figure out what we're going to do next. You know, we make, we make money off of it or, you know, whatever we, we live this dream. Now it's stale. What's our next adventure. And I think what that does and what I didn't realize what I needed to do is I needed to grow when you, when you think you're going to live happily ever after, and that's it, you, you have no more growth. That's it. You're done. That's such an important point because there's so many people who, they have the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence and the dog. And then that's all they have. Right. They realize they, they're not satisfied. Exactly. And they're not happy. And I think that's an important thing is we, in life, we need to continually make ourselves happy. We don't just make ourselves happy and then we're done. We're happy. It's just not how <laughs> humans work. I wish it was because life would be so much easier. Like I would have been happy by now and I just would have been cruising you stop growing if that's what you do. There's no room for improvement. There's no room for anything else because you're just complacent. Like you've done everything, you did it, you're done. Exactly. And life is about challenging yourself. Being a human, we subsist, we evolved off of challenges in our lives. We are the most advanced creatures on the planet, or so we think, because, <laughs> because we can overcome challenges. Challenges present themselves to us and we decide to overcome them or run away. And right. we have that choice. The other aspect of that is a lot of times when we're making these unconventional choices, when we're not choosing to live the Cinderella syndrome, a lot of those times, those choices that we make that are unconventional at the time that everybody thinks we're crazy for, they become conventional. And we made a list of a few examples like online dating, there's LGBTQIA, which I think I got all the acronyms in there or all the initials in there. Um, that, that was once really taboo and there were even laws against them. Right. Um, uh, Stay-at-home dads, men even being involved in parenting at all. Right, um, like taking a large role in anything having to do within the household. Yeah, yeah. Like remember that movie? It was a real old movie. It's Mr. Mom. Where yes. it's like it's like Michael Keaton is like being this stay-at-home dad, and everybody's looking at him. He's like the only guy that's in the whole tribe of women that are right. are moms, and it's it's weird to everyone. Now it's really not that big of a deal. I know lots of men and women who are married where the woman makes way more money than the man, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's now conventional meditation, yoga, mindfulness. 
It used to be something that people just thought, oh, you're loony because you're sitting there not doing anything and for, you know, 20 minutes or an hour. And now that's, you know, it's totally mainstream in a lot of places. People, people actually do it to improve their emotional health, but it was once an unconventional choice. Emotional health and feeling your emotions, especially for men and still many times for men, a lot, a lot of the times when I go to different events, I'm the only man there. But it's becoming more and more conventional where men are talking about their feelings more, where emotional health is not like this taboo thing where I want to go see a therapist and I went because I'm crazy. No, I've been to see several therapists in my lifetime. And I think it's great because any kind of self-care that I do to make myself a better person is setting me up for more success in my life. Yeah. Mental health is something that is much more widely talked about today than it ever was. And it's getting people to discuss it more openly and being okay with not being okay. As cliche as that sounds, but that's really what the point is. It's okay to, to share that with someone. And I want to touch back on the uh, LG, LGBTQIA where our cousin is, uh, he's, he's gay and he's openly gay at this point with our family. But that wasn't always the case. Like he was very afraid to tell anyone in our family. Or I think most people in our family. I don't know what he thought was going to happen, but it was definitely for him. That was an unconventional choice to, to, to live that kind of life. And, right. and it was something that wasn't discussed openly for a very long time. Yeah, and and I, I, I just feel so terrible that he ever, ever felt that that was a part of himself he couldn't share with anyone. Because yeah. that must have been such a burden for him to bear. I, yeah, I agree. And, and for myself, I mean, I never thought it was a problem. And I think most of our, the kids in our family never thought it was a problem. Although I can't imagine what some of, you know, our, our aunts and uncles and parents, you know, thought what was going through their heads. Cause they're from different generations. Like that, those right. choices weren't made in those generations. Right. Well, and I think that's the, that, that's the biggest part is, you know, we learn from the people before us, you know, they had no idea how to deal with it. Essentially, it just wasn't dealt with. And I think that's the point that I'm trying to make about unconventional choices is that when you make an unconventional choice and you force someone else that you're close with to deal with that unconventional choice, you're giving them per, number one permission to, if they want to make that unconventional choice, it might be okay. Mm -hmm. And to feel all the emotions that surround and deal with the ancestral pain and burdens that have, you know, come down through, through generations saying that the, all of a sudden, you know, it is okay. And you're just getting them to start to think about it. Open, you're opening their mind up also. Yeah. You're giving them new information to, to work with. So for me, as much as unconventional choices has been a burden for me, it has also been life-changing. I've learned so much and I wouldn't want to do my life any other way, even though sometimes I am severely hurting because I've had to make these unconventional choices um, about me. I know when I, when I moved across the country, everyone that I knew was like, well, why the hell are you doing this? Because, you know, we're all, I, I couldn't imagine getting away, staying that far away from my family from all my friends, from doing something that, um, being somewhere that I just don't know at all. And I don't know anything about, and I lost touch with all those friends. I lost touch with a lot of my family. I lost touch with a lot of people because I just took off 
but I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about living life. I learned a lot about being on my own. And I learned a lot about taking care of myself that I probably wouldn't have learned if I had just stayed there and done the conventional things. And I'm not saying that the people that stayed there and did the conventional things learned any less. They, they learned in a different way. And they learned on their timeline because a lot of those people that I left behind, they're great people. They do a lot for their communities. They just, they learned in different ways. Yeah, that's I, just to piggyback on your sentiment. Just because we chose to make choices different than many others did, that doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong. It's what, what the point we're trying to drive home is you need to make the decisions that are right for you and for your life. And you do not have to do things solely because people are expecting them of you. As a matter of fact, that's probably one of the worst reasons to do something. You right. need to do what works for you in your life. And as long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, then you should go for it. Yes. You need to follow your heart, whatever that is, even if it's different than what everyone else says. And damn the people that tell you not to, because, um, you know, that's, that might be the life for them, but that may not be the life for you. And you need to learn what you need to learn in life. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I really enjoyed talking about unconventional choices. Honestly, I could talk about this for hours. Next time on In Between Breaths, we're going to talk about abusive relationships. And Alana has graciously offered to talk about an experience in her life where she went through a both physically and mentally abusive relationship. And I want to take a moment to just say thank you so much for sharing that experience or at least being willing to share that experience next time with us because this is something that we don't talk enough about. I didn't even know these statistics that one in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence with an intimate partner, according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. So I'm really grateful that that we're going to um, tackle this topic. And I can't wait to be with all of you next time while we work through this. And I, I learn about this. Thanks for joining us on In Between Breaths. I'm Scott. And I'm Alana. We'll see you next time. As a bonus this week, I wanted to share a couple things I had to edit out of our podcast because they were just, well, you just didn't want to hear them. They're kind of unusual and they, they, uh, they interrupted the flow of the podcast. And this podcast is about being open, honest, raw, and, and vulnerable and talking about everything, not just the stuff we get right and perfect. I thought I'd share them because maybe they're a little bit funny. Enjoy. Um, what the Got hell it. are you doing? <laughs> are you touching up your appearance? What the <laughs> hell is that? It's a mascara wand. It's a spoolie. Welcome to In Between Breaths, the podcast about jello, gravy, and beer battered onion rings. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict yeah, yeah. Cumberbatch. <laughs> Welcome to In Between Breaths, the podcast about making jello, eating onion rings, and, and choosing the best brown gravy that you can find. By doing a completely different intro, I made an unconventional choice. That is an extreme example. Oh, okay, there's my screen.
So this is what I like to call the Cinderella. Let me take a breath. Should we, should we use that? Oh dear. <laughs>